First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springston of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582-CLUE, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at aol.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Ladies and gentlemen, yes, welcome once again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, all of edspringston.com. You can go for all the latest stories, podcasts, whatever we've really got going. While you are at edspringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or a monthly basis, your choice. Secondly, please join the RSS feed. Yes, we'll have podcasts delivered right to your inbox. We do that for thousands of people around the world. Might as well be you, too. And finally, donate, donate, donate. Uh, it springs the show really relies on you guys and any kind of help you can give us. So there is a handy-dandy donate button right there at itspringson.com. And we'd appreciate it if you could help us out a little bit. In the meantime, call in number is always 858-683-1326. You can also reach us in the live chat, uh, which is open right now. For you guys who use the call-in number, just make sure you hit that number one on your dial pad so we can get you on air as soon as possible. Um, and you can also reach me on Facebook through Messenger at Ed Springston. So many things going on, so much to talk about. Um, at this point, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know where Mr. Martin is. I know he's been extremely busy at work. 
Uh, so who knows? I mean, maybe he'll join us in a few minutes. I just honestly don't know. I have texted him to see, what was, to see if there was any word yet, and I haven't heard back from him. So he may have to miss us again this week. We'll find out soon enough. Um, a lot of things going on. I kind of want you know, I kind of want to talk about uh, sports for a couple of minutes if we can. This weekend was a very interesting weekend for sports. I got news for you. I liked this weekend. I didn't like the way some things turned out. Um, Kentucky, University of Kentucky, showed that they could play through adversity. Florida put UK through their paces on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I was really surprised. Um, they got down by 11, fought back, and ended up winning by 10 on a night that they really didn't have it all together. And give Florida a lot of credit. They've got a great defense. They just weren't hitting their shots either. Uh, so it turned out to be a defensive thing, and Kentucky ended up pulling it out at the end uh, by about 10. Uh, that was a pretty good game, I think. Uh, the second game, of course, was University of Louisville and North Carolina. As we know here, uh, Louisville went into North Carolina just, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, and pounded North Carolina at home and beat them by 21 in Chapel Hill. Uh, North Carolina came to Louisville and returned the favor. Um, they ended up, Louisville ended up losing by about 15 to North Carolina, but they were never really in the game. Um, the puzzling thing about that was when you looked at Kentucky falling to Florida early and being down by 11 at one point before coming back, you didn't see a team that quit working and quit trying and quit effort. It was interesting um, with the Louisville-North Carolina situation. i got to be honest with you. I love this Louisville team overall. Uh, I think they've shown a remarkable amount of progress from what we dealt with last year. I think Chris Mack, as I told you guys before he, before he started, uh, I wasn't sure he was the right coach for this team. He has proven me to be wrong time and time again. I think he's done an exemplary job, and I think Chris Mack has, has done a hell of a lot better, exceeded my expectations by far with this University of Louisville basketball team. The interesting thing about it, though, is this team that came out Saturday to play North Carolina just really didn't play with any enthusiasm, any fire. Um, it, it almost looked like a, a number one team in the country playing a glorified high school team or something. I mean, they came out like a day school. They did not shoot the ball well. Defense was very, very poor. North Carolina was getting way too many easy shots inside. Uh, you know, Jordan Mora, one of the guys that everybody likes to talk about being his all-star for Louisville. You know, I'm not one of the Jordan Mora fans. I've got to be honest with you. He always looks lazy to me, especially on offense, unless the offense is going around him. If, if he's not going to be the star of the show, he really doesn't do a lot of work. It's like he saves energy. Um, it was no different on Saturday. The only time he really worked was when he thought he was going to get the ball and got to be the hero. So those kind of things um, – were kind of concerning, um, but I know Chris Mack will bring them back and, and get their head right back in the game. I don't know what you guys thought about those two games, but that's the way I looked at them. Um, the UofL women's team, of course, is just rolling. Uh, they beat UConn uh, for a change. The refs didn't uh, control that game and, and give it to UConn like they typically do, and I know that sounds bad. I really, really do. But, folks, if you want to, for, for everybody who gripes about officiating in the NCAA or even in pro ball, you really only need to look at the uh, college women's basketball, and you're going to see the worst officiating you've ever seen in your life. Now, the difference is it goes both ways, but it's disgusting. But typically, when, when Louisville plays UConn or Notre Dame, it's a given that the refs are going to favor both of them. Uh, it's not because I'm a fan. It's just because it's blatantly obvious. And uh, 
this time, it, it was a piss-poor officiated game, but the Louisville women at least got equally piss-poor officiating against UConn, and they showed what they're capable of. So congratulations to them for doing a great job and, uh, you know, taking out UConn. That's a, that's a big step in the program's history. I really honestly see the UofL women as a final four, maybe even a championship contender in their NCAA bracket at this point. Uh, Louisville, I believe, will make the NCAA. I, th- I think what we saw was just some sort of a big letdown. Nobody was expecting on Saturday. I certainly wasn't. But I think they'll bounce back from that because I don't think it's anything Chris Mack is going to tolerate. And Kentucky, I think, is at this point, will probably, if they keep up what they're doing, they're going to end up with a number one or a number two seed anyway. So a lot of things going on. We're heading into uh, the home stretch right now before we get into the conference games and the NCAA tournament. Um, every team has probably some around eight games left. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting three or four weeks coming up. Uh, now, the game of the weekend, you know, I uh, the Super Bowl. Um, i got to tell you, uh, the over-under on the Super Bowl was 56 points. Uh, the odds were, to, you know, uh, New England was two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, and I thought the, the bookies were all wrong. I couldn't see why New England wasn't a bigger favorite than 2.3. Um, I didn't see that one at all. Or, I'm sorry, 2.5. I thought they should have been a, a bigger favorite. Um, I don't think they've been really respected this year at all. And believe it or not, I'm not a Patriots fan. Um, you know, but I was looking for a game. I mean, a good game for a change. Uh, the 56 point over and under, I totally expected it to be over that. Uh, you got the Patriots and Rams that both have pretty good offenses. I didn't expect that to be a defensive game. I did expect them to exceed the 56 points. And boy, was I wrong. I tell you what, you look at uh, the way New England defense handled the Rams. You look at the way the Rams handled New England. It was one hell of a game. Ed Martin, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, Mr. Brinson. We're doing the sports thing again. (laughs) Well, I kind of have to, you know. U of L really didn't look great this weekend. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's really not looking great. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I don't know what happened to them, um, but they really looked awful on Saturday. I thought that they showed no effort whatsoever. Kentucky fought the whole game, uh, ended up winning when they were down by 11. So they showed they could overcome adversity, but this, this Super Bowl last night surprised the hell out of me. I mean, it really, really did. You know, Tom Brady now has six Super Bowl rings and you know, I'm not a Patriots fan and Tom Brady now has six Super Bowl rings. They pulled off exactly uh, what nobody said they could do. Uh, by far the lowest scoring Super Bowl I can remember, maybe in history. Um, you know, and and, and it, was just, it was just amazing to me, the defensive uh, schemes. Because neither one of these guys are known for the greatest defense. They're known for powerhouse offenses. And it was amazing. Well, yeah, it turned out both, to be a defensive they game. Have, they both did have, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Rams had the defensive player of the year and stuff. But it, it was uh, – yeah, it was. I hate to admit it. You know, on one hand, yeah, boring as all get out. You know, nobody's scoring, no big runs. You know, not 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 the big home run kind of stuff you would think. But I, you know, and I will admit, I don't watch football, but I watch I watch the Super Bowl. You know, last game of the year, right. the finale, good commercials, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking the whole time, God, this game is boring. But I can't 
look away because it was only for the longest time three to nothing, and then three to right. three. And I was, was like, this is, you know, it might as well be 50 to 50. What was interesting? They were talking about that. They were saying, Rams can't get anything done. And they wanted to ask, said, no, but they're still three to three. They're one score away from winning this uh-huh. thing. You know, one field goal can do it. Absolutely. Like, absolutely right. <laughs> I want to look away. I'm bored out of my gorge. I enjoyed <laughs> watching the defenses, but but it's like you can't look away because literally one right. field goal, everything changes. It was just like, wow. Well, it's a good game. Sure. And the commercials were okay. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we, we talk about them in a minute. Let's bring Mayo in real quick. Mayo, you're on the air. I was just going to say my one uh, Super Bowl fact or whatever, if you had placed a $10 bet that there would not be a touchdown scored the first half, it would have gotten you back $5,000. Oh, wow. That don't surprise wow. me. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, and New England yeah. had the ball. New England had the ball for 20 minutes in the first half, almost 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, the Rams only had it for about 10. Um, you know, but it, but it's very, very interesting that, that both of these guys are, you know, powerhouse offenses for the most part. And, and I tell you what was really surprising yeah. was the way Belichick disguised the defenses. Belichick generally doesn't do a lot of defensive schemes. You don't really see him playing with the defense a lot. Um, you know, but New England did a hell of a job disguising their defenses, and they basically took the play-action Rams offense away from them. I mean, that's what the Rams are known for. It's play-action, quick-moving, everything else. And, you know, Goff was completely lost yesterday, uh, their quarterback. I mean, he, he was stuck in a pocket, and he took a bunch of sacks because he's not used to waiting to deliver the ball. And it showed. But Tom Brady, believe it or not, you know, they, they showed the close-ups on these quarterbacks, and uh, they showed the close-ups on these quarterbacks a lot. And it was fascinating because what I saw in Tom Brady's eyes on the close-ups that they showed on his face in the first half primarily I saw a guy who wasn't comfortable either, a guy who has all this experience oh, who looked no, like he was nervous. No. He looked like he was nervous, well, and, I, was, and I was like, wow. I mean, let's face it. I think the one guy's name was Robertson, and he got that other guy, Sue, who's a monster. You know, they that, that Ram interior line was vicious, and their secondary, you know, they were massive. And the secondary was, you know, Brady was throwing his passes. But he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, Gronk couldn't get open. None of, only one could get open was Edelman. Now, he was a shifty little fellow, wasn't he? But, I mean, aside from that, all they took all of Brady's weapons away from him. He, he would throw long, and the Rams would just smack the ball down. And it was, oh, it was, like I say, it was, it was a really interesting game to watch. You know, Brady's going long. That didn't matter. <laughs> you know, he had one or Absolutely. two passes all day long. Rams just swatted the ball down. It's just it, it was like, wow, it, yeah, it took it away. And I think the other stat was Brady has not been sacked all year long or something like that, right. or all through the playoffs or something. They got it. They got to it. Oh, it was you know, through the playoffs. Yeah, there's no doubt. He was hurried. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what was fascinating about the whole oh. thing. So, so New England puts up all these yards, takes all this time off the clock, and has to settle for one field goal. Um, to have a 3 nothing lead. And, and it was really interesting as well because New England's kicker, and I knew this was going to happen, before his first field goal attempt, New England's kicker, the announcers were bragging right as he lined up for the kick that 
He was 31 of 31 at Atlanta. He would never missed a field goal there. And, of course, he oh, missed the first that kick, you know. That and I'm that like. Was the only, <laughs> that wasn't the only stat. They said oh, that yeah. not, a single, not a single field goal had been missed in that stadium that year. That was the first field goal right. that was missed in Mercedes. Oh, yeah. In the Mercedes and, and then he, you know, Yeah, then he ended up missing two. You know, then he ended up missing two. So it's. It's amazing wow. to me how that worked out, but I tell you, I uh, I was I was very very impressed with the game. Again, I'm not a Patriots fan. I can't stand the Rams. I'll be honest with you, and I'll tell you why. You know, the Rams I think got some hell of a lot of favorable calls for them when they played the Saints. The Saints should have been there, not the Rams. They it was clearly obvious that that something wasn't adding up in that game. I think uh, at and the I end, and, I, think the, I think the Saints. I think the Saints would have beat the Patriots too, but. Oh well. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Rams could have beat them if they'd have played their game, but they didn't. But it was just a fact the Rams were there in the first place after that uh, insanity uh, of the yeah. championship yeah. game against the Saints. And the other, it was awful, and, and I think it was intentional. You know, every, every play on the field, you've got at least three refs seeing everything. You know, every every particular situation on there, and none of them could actually see something that was that blatantly obvious, but everybody else could. It was it was a mockery of what it was supposed to be, and, and I think it was intentional. I really do. I think somebody got paid off, but it's my opinion, right? But the Rams also made it political, and when the Rams said that they weren't going to go to the White House if they won the Super Bowl because Trump was president, at that point, <laughs> I decided. I, at that point, I realized that this is a team I'm going to despise because I think it's bullshit. <laughs> this whole Colin Kaepernick crap is still going on. Colin and Kaepernick's lawyer is out there bitching about Maroon 5 at the halftime show and copping out and doing the show and all sort of crap. And I'm so sick of these political activists pretending to, be to, to like, like they're somebody. You're a fucking athlete, play the game. But when they ran their mouth like that and made a big show like that, forget it. I'm done with you, Los Angeles Rams. I have no time yeah, for you. Well, yeah, and, when, and, and, when, and I'll agree. And I'll agree. Look, Kaepernick's got his gripe, and some of them are legit, but you know, the fact of the matter is, it's like, look, it's your fight, and yet, you know, you have no right to, to, to guilt everybody else in the fight in your fight. You got to fight, <clears throat> fight it. But you know, <clears throat> stay out. You know, Maroon Five did it. They don't a, a mediocre show. I didn't. I don't like Maroon Five, but you know, mediocre show. But they donated all the money, half a million dollars to, to a charity. So you know, good for them. You know, it's like, but. You know, Kaepernick, you're you're has been. If you come into the league, they're going to kill you because you've been out of it too long. Uh, sorry, you know. He was getting, he was getting hang, killed. You can't, you can't you, yeah, you can't <laughs> hang with Lamar Jackson. Go away, you know. But, but well, Kaepernick couldn't yeah, quarterback. He was sitting the on a bench. He was sitting on a bench because he was getting killed because he wasn't worth the shit. You know, that's yeah, the thing that drives me nuts. He had a fantastic Here. first couple seasons, and then he just kind of rode on his laurels. Oh, Here's yeah. a dude who's a black man in name only, and that's the truth. Colin Kaepernick was was adopted and raised by by middle an upper middle class white family. The kid doesn't know any struggle about being a black man in America or anywhere else for that matter. All right, but he hooks up with this Muslim radio hostess, this woman who's a Muslim and a radical at that, in my opinion. So he hooks up with her, and she convinces him that he's black and has to hate the world and whitey is wrong. So he goes out there for a piece of pussy and plays this stupid-ass game with people. And the same time he hooked up with her and started going down this road is when his skills as a quarterback tanked. He sucks. So he's bitching and trying to claim that it's racism keeping him off the field. It never was racism. It's the fact that he has no ability. You know, and we're still giving this clown. We're still giving this clown. 
I think truth of the matter is, I think he knows that. And I think the worst thing that could happen to him is, you know, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns say, we'll take you. <laughs> or something oh my like God. that, you know. Uh, come on if out, I was, you know, you know like, if I was Cleveland, if I was a Brown, here, here's the thing for the well, Browns. No, I mean, Cleveland, that, their whole thing is now, cheap. I'll give you this. No, Cleveland's, Cleveland's got a quarterback now. They got Rosen got it done this year. So, oh no, no, give Cleveland credit for having a quarterback. I got a problem with that. But what I'm saying is, you go ahead and bring Colin Kaepernick in there. All right, and you let Colin Kaepernick just play every preseason game. It won't take more than that for him to get killed and lose his damn mind. Seriously, why not? They they don't want to spend yeah. money anyway. He'll have to take the minimum to play. Ain't nobody going to pay him any more than that because he ain't worth it. So, yeah, bring Colin Kaepernick in. Let him play a couple of series in a blowout or something in a regular season and, and just let him get the shit knocked out of him because he deserves it. He's a piece of garbage. You know, but um, but we're still going to well, claim racism about yeah, that. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But I just, you know, he's got his politics. I don't care one way or the other, and, you know. I, well, the problem is the NFL pages. And, and it's like, it's, you know, but, but the thing, yeah, the NFL let it get out of hand. But aside from that, you know, it's like a thing. As with anything else, you, it's, your, it's, it's his fight. He doesn't have the right to go out and try to lean on everybody else. You have to fight my fight. And you're, a, you're a cop out. It's like, well, who made you? Of course he who does. Who, of course he does. A, who puts you in a position of authority to to dictate who's a cop-out and who's not. You know, they tried to cop-out Gladys. Because he's, Gladys because he's an entitled black man. Awesome. Oh, well, Gladys he's, Knight. He's, My he's, God. Gladys Knight what can you say awesome. about Gladys she, Knight? And she said up, and they, they were trying to say something about her, and she said, listen, she basically said, listen, you know, it's an honor to sing the national anthem. It unifies people. And oh, by, and, oh, by the way, kids, kids, I think it's pretty much. She didn't actually right. use the word kids, but she she did make a point of saying, "I was there for the struggle, so you ain't got shit to tell me, okay? You know, and that's basically." She's like, "I have been there. I, we we you know, my generation hey. fought to give you the opportunities that you have. Now, is it perfect?" She's like, "No, but don't you know?" And and that was just a big good for her because she was a child. You know, she was an adult in the sixties and stuff. She saw everything that, that everybody else can only, you know, a lot of the newer, gen, younger generations can only imagine. And she wasn't taking any, you know, and she nailed it. Boy, she nailed the, the national anthem. Just did it, just did it right. So that was, I was glad to see that. You know, nothing, if I didn't watch anything else, watching her stand up, just basically lay down the law and then, then do a fantastic rendition that was like, thank you, Miss Knight. Thank you. Yo. I've always loved Gladys Knight. I've loved that woman forever. She's a dynamite singer, a great entertainer, and and, and she doesn't get involved in all this stupid stuff publicly. <laughs> now, does, you know, she does different things for, you know, oppression and, and, and racism and things like that, and I respect the hell out of that. I have no problem with people who want to try to promote the black race or any of the problems or the struggles that they think they've got. Everybody's got that right, you know. The problem I've got is when you glorify, when you glorify a spoiled little rich kid like Colin Kaepernick, and you have all these athletes thinking that that, that their opinion actually means a whole hell of a lot, and think that they can tell everybody how to live their life. All these guys are out there beating their pregnant girlfriends, screwing around on them on the road, doing stupid shit, drugs, and everything else, and and somehow they've got a moral authority to tell us anything is beyond comprehension. 
that's what drives me nuts. And you talked about yep. Adam Levine and, and Maroon and like 5. I say, once again, once again, you're welcome to your opinions, but it, it kind of runs out with me when you start telling other people, oh, you don't agree with me? You're a sellout. Right. You're a racist. Right. You're not down. That's with, it. You're not down for the struggle. It's like no, 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 no. Sometimes people mm-hmm. just have to live their lives, and you have no right to tell them what, what you know, what they're down with or not. You know, it's like, and that's why I say they tried to kill Gladys Knight, and she shot him down. And then that's exactly it on the national. That's anthem. exactly yeah. it. You know, this show, this show was called My View Matters, and, and it's that way for a reason. I want people to feel empowered. We talked about this many years ago when we started. My view matters is basically a self-empowerment tool. Your opinion does matter. You're allowed to state your opinion. But your opinion doesn't outweigh mine. I'm allowed the same right. And that's why my view matters is a logo. MVM is a short for it. But that's why my view matters is a logo. Everybody has a right to their opinion. But don't try to tell me I don't have a right to think what I want to think. And if I disagree with you, I'm a racist, a scumbag, a homophobe, a xenophobe, insert label here, just because I happen to be a white guy who actually has a brain and knows how to use it, you know. So those are the things. And, and as far as the rest of this thing goes, i got to tell you honestly, um, I thought it was the worst Super Bowl halftime performance I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I've never been a big Maroon 5 lover anyway. Adam Levine can't sing a lick on pitch. He never has been able to. Uh, I, I just think he sucks. I really do. Um, but, but the whole show itself was one of the worst I've ever seen. You know, the best I've ever seen, i got to be honest with you, was Prince. Uh, Prince, oh, yeah. Prince overcame, <laughs> overcame all odds. They never ranged at the Super Bowl. It's pouring down at the Super Bowl. you got all this electric equipment out there, including electric guitars. Prince could have canceled, and nobody would have said a word about it because of weather. He said, screw that. And then him and his dancers go out there on stage on a slick tile floor that's just beaten down with rain, in high heels of all things, and never miss a step, never slip, nothing. You talk about a, a no. professional, well done <clears throat> show. That and was, of course, he, yeah, and of course he's Prince, you know. But oh, absolutely, absolutely. But the fact that he was now, able to now pull I that—I got to be honest. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch much of the last Super Bowl, but uh, you know, the number two performance was Lady Gaga. Wow. Yeah, yeah. When I got to give that when to you. Jumped, Gaga when she up. jumped off the when she jumped off the top of the stadium. <laughs> right, yeah. right, coming I'm in. Oh yeah, you, you have you have got to have faith in your special effects and your crew because oh my well, you're god, she jumped. You ain't lying. I'm just like, oh god, because oh, I'm scared of heights. I was like, oh god, right. oh no, 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 I can't watch. <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely at the top of the list. And I tell you something else I noticed too on the commercials. The NFL has become so politicized about this so-called social justice, folks. Let me tell you something. Social justice doesn't exist. There's no such animal. It's a made-up conflict of, uh, of bullshit that the left has made up to make you think there's something wrong with you if you don't find their way. Um, a social justice is, is a fantasy. All right? Social justice is everybody's got equal opportunity. Forget all this bullshit the left keeps throwing at you. But it showed in the commercials last night. I, that's, the, that's the worst year of Super Bowl commercials I've ever seen. Now, there were two that I thought were worthy of mention, that I, that I thought were really good for Super Bowl commercials. One, who could say anything bad about the former NFL guys in, in, that, in that dining hall? And, oh, oh, that was hilarious. Fumbles, scream fumbles, you knew what was going to happen. I was, I was just wishing that Mean Joe Green and Dick Butkus 
would have gotten up, but they they were just sitting in their chairs. Oh, absolutely. And when, and, and when Joe Montana, like, and when Joe Montana, get <laughs> absolutely. When Joe Montana had a football in his hand, and he says, "No way, cowboy!" It throws it over to you know. I was like, "Oh my god!" I started rolling. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, but you know, I thought, like, yeah, I can't. the cowboy was going. He honor him. was like, "Throw it here." He's like. Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that I thought that that commercial was the I thought that commercial was the best one of the night. I thought that commercial was the best one of the night. And another commercial I liked, and maybe it's because it hits close to home. Microsoft did a commercial with handicapped kids, showing how they were able to do different things and stuff. And I just thought that that was a great message. That uh, you know, handicapped kids never ever. If you think about twenty or thirty years ago. Nobody knew about handicapped kids a whole lot because they were kept in a house. They weren't even at school. And the fact that we've come so far at recognizing that just because you're handicapped and have some physical deformities and stuff, that doesn't make you less of a person, that really touched my heart. But those, but those two commercials to me were the best two of the night. Everything else was forgettable. Um, I've got, you know, it was, just, it was just worse. It was just wasted. So for once, I actually got to see a game. The, the, watch the, super, the, the super, yeah, the super commercial. I like that. Made me want to buy one. You know, it's a lottery. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, I did think the one with, I did I did think the one with the elevator was pretty good. When he's going up and it's it, all the floors of misery and stuff. It's like oh no. You know, what I forgot game. about that. One. I'll give it that. That was pretty good. I forgot that about one, that. That was kind of cute. And it's like oh no, we have the key or whatever to, to with this. It's like right. oh. Well, you're going to the top floor, right. okay? It's like, right. no, 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 back in, back in here, get back on the elevator, Colin boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Now, to keep us from losing our fan base, we really do have some oh, stuff politically yeah. to talk about. And, and I tell you, uh, you know, it's interesting to me. One of the, one of the local stories um, came out a few days ago. It's about this drug ring. Um, that's tied into the Mexican cartel here in uh, Louisville. And, and I tell you, I am very disturbed with it um, because we continue being told that we're not getting any drugs here, you know, from, from Mexico and stuff. We don't need a wall. We don't need any of this other crap. You know, we're, we're talking about making Louisville a sanctuary city thanks to this moron mayor we've got. And we're looking at all of this stuff. And here we've got a great story that, that's telling us about this cartel, um, you know, and everything else that's going on here. And, and I'm like, it just amazes me um, that that we can continue sitting here and acting like none of this matters, that it doesn't exist. When we just had a major ring, we had a Mexican cartel drug leader arrested, uh, one of his hit men, one of his fronts, um, you know, I'm like, wow, how can you sit here and continue denying reality when, it, when it's right in your face like this? You know what I mean? Well, that, that's the thing that bothers yeah, me the, the most. The fact of the matter is, and, it, and it's not just the well, the fact of the matter is, is, is the money is huge. The cartel has, you know, both desperate and vicious personnel. I, look, if there's a market, they're there. They're, and that's just all there is to it. If somebody says, you know, is 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 the Mexican or any of the Mexican or South American drug cartels are they are they operating in some capacity? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. They're, they're in Lexington. They're in Paducah. 
they're in they're in uh, Cairo, Illinois. They're in Chicago, Illinois. They're everywhere. It's, it's like they, you know, it's like look, they have vast vast resources. If there's people buying stuff that they're selling, I, they may not be you know the, the boss of the cartel may not be coming in here, but they've got operatives. And if that's that may take the form of somebody showing up in a 1994 Taurus station wagon. With a bunch of methamphetamines in the back seat, you know. I don't know what it is, but the fact of the matter is, it's yes. If if there's if there's meth, if there's fentanyl, if there's if if there's cocaine, if, if in many cases if there's marijuana, if it, if it it's coming up, or coming up, or coming across the borders or somewhere, and the Mexican cartels involved in it, because you know you know here, of course it's a Mexican cartel, of course it's a Colombian <clears throat> cartel. Of course it is. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're, absolutely. It's, it's what they do. Another, it's like it's like saying, oh, uh, somebody's still, you know, selling selling clothes. Right. Oh, Walmart must be in town. Yes. Guess what? Walmart's everywhere. Okay. So so are the drug trade. If there's users, the the suppliers are there. Go ahead, Mayo. I was just going to say I don't know if either of you two have already listened to it, but actually the BBC came to Louisville. Uh, and it's a good radio story. I, I don't know if they've completed it yet. I think I've listened to four or five episodes, but about the opioid up in Kentucky. So, I mean, it has to be fairly bad, you know, not just a good story, but a bad problem for, you know, BBC News to come from, you know, the U.K. here. And from what I've heard so far, I mean, they've talked to, uh, you know, the, the newspaper reporters. They've talked to police. They've actually talked to people like in, you know, the Appalachia area that actually have, like, uh, Narconon type things, local preachers and pastors and stuff. But if you get a chance right. uh, to listen to it, uh, some good reporting and uh, some good facts that our normal news doesn't tell us. Well, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I have been told about that, and I just have not got around to it yet. But the interesting thing to me here is, you know, this this is a problem with what we deal with here. Uh, the accused drug lord, Javier Rodriguez, uh, you know, admits, you know, that, that, that he's, you know, selling drugs. Um, now, of course, they pleaded not guilty in court, of course. Um, you know, but he's also ordered murders and everything else over a kilo of stolen heroin, all right? This guy, this guy supposedly made all his money in drywall. That's what he wanted everybody to believe. He's 27 years old, lives in a $550,000 house, uh, you know, out in Oldham County, in a wooded area, of course, uh, has three or four luxury cars, Rolex watches, diamond jewelry, all this other crap in LaGrange on six acres. But he made all of this money, you know, doing drywall. What a fucking moron. You know, but here's the thing. He admitted that he is not legally in America and does not have a valid driver's license. And this was in July of 2012, okay? Uh, he was pulled over for speeding. You know, the drug dogs detected a bag of 33600 in cash and all kinds of different things. He didn't have any invoices or receipts for the supposed drywall business. But the first time was in July of 2012. Since then, he has been pulled over and all this other crap, you know, a ton of times. I mean, at least, you know, four or five, six times as an illegal alien, all right, with no reason to be here, no driver's license, no insurance, all these other things that, that me and you would be in all kinds of trouble for, all right? All of this stuff going on since 2012, this has been going on for four or five years. 
And he continues not showing up to court. He just goes out and hires an attorney, and the attorney shows up in court for him, and the judge lets him go. They don't do anything for him at all. They don't do anything to him. An illegal alien who is suspected of all this drug stuff all the way back to July of 2012 continues getting pulled over and stuff for speeding, no insurance, no license, all the other shit, and they continue letting him stay out on the street. This is the problem we continue having. This is why everybody like me, we think it's important to go out there and support Donald Trump, to go ahead and go after these illegal aliens. I can't even tell you how many accidents are happening in Louisville right now with illegal aliens, with no driver's licenses, no insurance, people getting hurt and killed that we don't even put out in the news. They don't want anybody to know it. Let's bring Paul in real quick. Go ahead. Uh, Ed, I think what we've got, we've got the wrong government agency dealing with all these issues. Okay, I, I, since we're dealing with illegal aliens, I think we need to count on NASA and their Office of Planetary Protection to come to the rescue. One of their missions is to protect Earth from possible life farms that come from other areas. So I, I just think we've got the wrong. Uh, let, let's not get stupid. Let's not get stupid here. All right. No, I'm, this is stupid. a serious it's conversation. Uh, well, whatever. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little humorous, but 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 serious business though. You know, this guy has a history of this stuff. He's been pulled over multiple times. No insurance, no license, never goes to court, gets everything dropped down to basically nothing, pays a simple fine and walks away, and, and nobody does anything to him. If you or I or, or Martin or Mayo were in this situation, we'd already been in jail or something. They're not going to dismiss these charges and drop it so easily. But they will for an illegal alien who, who obviously... Uh, you know, is doing illegal business. So, you know, they finally got him arrested. They were finally able to tie him to a killing. But at the same token, though, how many people were killed over five years we don't know about, at least since 2012, so that's, what, seven years now. <laughs> he was arrested late last year. So, you know, we got all these different things going on. And, and, and our laws don't allow us to do anything because our city says they're a sanctuary city now, which is just going to make this ten times worse. We know we have an opioid epidemic. We know we have an opioid epidemic in Kentucky. We know that Louisville is a pipeline. So does Greg Fisher and everybody else who's trying to cover all this crap up. I'm telling you right now, these guys are making money from this. They have to be. I can't imagine anybody with half a brain would do would, would do anything like this unless they were getting paid. You know, Fisher is either the dumbest kid in the world. Every one of these politicians are the dumbest people in the world. Or they just don't give a shit because they're being getting some money somewhere from it. I just don't know. I mean, we know that the Mexican president received a $100 million bribe from the Mexican cartels, and he spread that around with politicians. You know, did he spread it around to Louisville politicians? I don't know. But we are a pipeline, and those kind of things disturb me. Martin, go ahead. No, well, we've been a pipeline for ever since the UPS hub was, was in place. Uh, but... You know, it, it, well, that since we're centrally located, we got 13 states or so touching us. But yeah, it, it's a uh, it does make you wonder: is, is is somebody being paid off, or 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 what? Because yeah, you're right; it doesn't make any sense. I mean, people can get off. You know, rich people, as what they say, there's two separate there's two separate uh, justice systems in the country: ones if you've got money, ones if you don't. <laughs> Apparently he's right. figured out how to work the one that has money, and you know why they're why they're not prosecuting. I don't know. I mean, it's got to drive the police nuts. You know, if you you get a bust, and and clearly the guy's 
you know, where's the IRS on this? You know, if, if <clears throat> I, every small business owner in the world, hell, small business owners are, are scared. I know some, and and I was one of them. It's like you know, somebody's going to do some work out of a home office. It's like, well, you get to deduct the home office, and I would say, right? No, no, it's really not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I work out of my home office. It's worth it for me, but I'm not doing it. But then, but then again, if if you got somebody that's got all this money, and and that's usually how the IRS gets you. They they look at what you bought, and they're like, hey. Guys, this this doesn't match up with uh, your W twos or your ten ninety nines. What the hell is going on here? I mean, you, you know, there's a, there's but this a is an illegal immigrant. But, yeah, but know, this is an illegal immigrant dealing in cash. Well, the IRS wouldn't know anything about him anyway. And that's you know well, they, somebody. You think somebody would tip him off? You think a, a cop or somebody that would do the bus and say, "Hey, guys, you know, this guy shows no income, no social security number. He's living he's living the life of rally." Yeah. It just—I I don't know why, but you're, there's got to be some, some organization, some, some, some government entity that could come in and successfully, you know, rectify the situation. Either, you know, but yeah, it, 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 it definitely makes you wonder. And you don't, well, and, and you don't I don't know what that is, but it's got to stop. Yeah, and you don't—you don't, you don't want to think that your government officials are corrupt, but. Yeah, nobody wants to think that. You want them to be good and honest and and uphold the law and stuff. But yeah, definitely, definitely makes you, you know, you you are you're in a kind of a what the hell's going on here kind of. You, you got to ask that question when when somebody gets arrested. I mean, hell, it's not just him. It's just you see people getting released on home incarceration. That it's like, dude, right. he's, he's a violent. He's violent. Why do you? Why are you doing that? How are they pulling this off? How are they getting this done? Yeah, right. people get caught with massive amounts of drugs. They're they're seven DUI or something. It's like it. It just makes you wonder that about the entire system. It's like how in the hell? What the hell? Like you said, Ed, if 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 I got caught driving without my license. Yeah, be my luck. I'll spend the weekend in jail. <laughs> more Absolutely, and that's the than, thing. Then I'll spend and more but, time and, in jail than Melanato, you know? <laughs> well, how does a U.S. citizen, how does a U.S. citizen, a law-abiding U.S. citizen at that, face, face tougher charges and a tougher system than an illegal person who is causing harm to the general public? I mean, that's the whole thing. And it's just going to get worse. Now that we've got this sanctuary bullshit, it's just going to get worse. And and that's hey, the thing that puzzles me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, about 15 years ago, my brother-in-law was on the initial gang squad that was formed. And they, um, they engaged in some pretty good de- detective and police work. And they identified quite a number of gang members and gangs in the area, including MS-13 and all these really badass gangs from around the world. After a little over two years, the gang squad was disbanded by the then mayor, Jerry Abramson. And the reason for that was, according to the mayor, Louisville did not have a gang problem. They had a bunch of wannabes, but there was no gangs in Louisville. Okay. We know that was a lie. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. And we know and that so was a lie. Point. See, that's the thing. Jerry Jerry was covering up so much stuff. I'm telling you right now, 
and they can sue me, they can do anything they want to, but my gut tells me the jury was involved in a hell of a lot of this shit. These politicians are getting some kickback somewhere. They're either, they're either allowing this shit to happen because they're being threatened and their families are being threatened, or they're getting some money somewhere. Now, I've said that for a long time. I believe that firmly. You know, the problem is nobody's doing anything about it. How many of the judges, how many of the lawyers, how many of the people that are in court now are getting bought off or threatened to protect these buffoons? How many of them? Because, I, you know, that's the only thing I can come up with. If I'm wrong, fine, I'm wrong. I'll take the heat for it. But that's, but that's what I believe. I believe that's what it is. And when you look at history and what's been going on around the rest of the country, you know, we have judges all the time who are going to jail now for criminal acts. We've caught a few of them here in Kentucky, right, that are going to jail for criminal acts and protecting different people or shaking people down. Is that what's going on here? I mean, I, don't, I can't tell you definitively it is, but my gut tells me it is. So the only question is we've got to uncover them. How do we do that? And if we do uncover them, what's going to be done? Nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> well, who knows? <laughs> Sometimes, like you say, you know, what do you say? Legalize marijuana, take that money away from them. I hope that's the best. But, you know, in a, in a system like that, it, it almost sounds defeatist. But, you know, the best right. I can do sometimes, I think, is just make sure none of my family members do drugs, you know, don't don't become part of the problem. Let's face it, we're in the state of Kentucky. We've got people on heroin. We've got people on, on prescription meds. We've got people on crack and meth. We've got people on alcoholic addiction. People are addicted to all sorts of stuff, and, it, and people are getting rich off of it. Yeah, well, these aren't addicts, though. That's the thing. I mean, well, no, but addicts, these aren't addicts. Addicts, 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 are, <laughs> addicts are funding the problem. Right. Is, they're not. They're not selling right. this stuff to sober people. You know, that's the, the, the fact of the matter. They're not. They're not selling it to sober people. They're. They're selling right. this stuff, and people. That's because people are buying this stuff. So, yeah. Where's the solution? Well, and then we got. I, I truly have no idea. And, and locking them up, I, I do. I do agree with when you hear somebody say, "Well, if you just lock one up, another one's going to take its place." That is absolutely right because well, of course they, it they, is they, because they, if you get locked up, you don't you stay there. Somebody, got, yeah, you got well, even if, even if you did stay there, somebody else is going to fill your spot because these oh. are massive criminal enterprises, and you know, chop one head off, another one comes in its place. So, so you know, that's, but if we were holding okay, if we were holding it, people it, accountable, but if we were holding people accountable to the law, that snake would not be rearing its head as quickly. We would be slowing this down at the very least, and we could work towards eliminating it. It's like this Charles Castle. It's it's like this Charles this Charles uh, Cater that's involved in this whole situation. All right, he he is uh, allegedly the hitman for these guys. Right, he was paid thirty thousand dollars to shoot two people. Okay, now here's the thing. According to the Courier Journal article, and by the way, I want to give Courier Journal some credit on this story. Um, I really, really do. It's the first in-depth story I've seen out of them that actually didn't make judgments. They just reported the news. The uh, journalist is somebody named Beth Warren, so she probably won't be there long, or she'll have to turn to the ultimate left and everybody's a racist. But uh, she did a hell of a job on this story. But Charles Castle, or I'm sorry, Charles Cater, Charles Orlando Cater is his name, was the alleged hitman who was paid $30,000 to pull off these hits for Rodriguez and another guy by the name of Castle. 
This guy was a maintenance worker at Ford Motor Company. You know how much money this guy makes at Ford as a maintenance worker? He's making <laughs> money hand over fist. Why is he out there taking a $30,000 a hit job when he's making money hand over fist? Trust me, these guys get paid bank. I worked at Ford for quite a while. I was getting paid bank on the line. And maintenance guys made it look like I was a minimum wage worker, okay? And, you know, so, I mean, these guys, I mean, he's making bank. And he all of a sudden is the hitman, you know. And, of course, they're trying to say, well, we really wasn't the hitman. Well, according to this story, they've got tapes of uh, Rodriguez and Castle making sure that that $30,000 payment got to cater for, for doing the job. So, you know, we've got all of this stuff. And I just don't understand how we can continue calling ourselves a sanctuary city and continue allowing this kind of crap. If we would let the police do their damn jobs instead of worrying about everything. I'll tell you how bad it is. I'll tell you how bad it is. Where I live at, I live next door to the daycare center. They've got six, eight-foot-high fences, okay? Now, they've got two different fenced-in areas there. If you If you get into the daycare center fenced-in area, you're going to have to climb back out. You don't have a choice. If you get into the other fenced-in area, there's actually an exit at the back of the place, and I'm not going to say much more than that. But I'll say this. I live next door to it. So last night, about 1030, cops are out in front of my house, and they're next door at this daycare park, a lot are going all over this place. And I'm like, what the hell? So I walked outside to see what was going on. And there's a cop with a flashlight running the fence line next to this one that's completely closed in. And I looked at him, I said, if you're looking for where these crooks usually hang at, because I run on a ditch line, and I know where these idiots end up going to, because I pulled a gun out one night and chased one away. And I looked at him, and I said, if you know where to hang at, they're usually down here. He goes, oh, no, we got him. I said, oh, okay, I'll stay out of your way. He goes, I'm just trying to figure out how to get him out of there without him scratching himself up, because if we try to take him over the fence, he's going to claim he was scratched up or something. We don't want that. So this guy, who jumps over the daycare fence because they got caught doing some illegal shit, wasted the high heaven, they're more concerned about making sure he don't get a scratch on him than janking his sorry ass over that fence. All right? So I just looked at the cop. I said, I'll make your job easy. He looked at me and says, what do you mean? So I got a ladder. I'll just bring you a ladder. And he started laughing. He goes, you serious? And I said, hell yeah. So I went in my garage, brought him a ladder outside, and they brought him over the ladder and arrested him on the spot, you know. But they, but they were too scared about what to do. They had to think more about what to do than to make sure that this guy, you know, was no longer a threat. He could have had a gun in his pocket or anything. It turns out he had a knife, not a gun. But he could have had a gun in his pocket or anything, and the whole neighborhood's at risk because they got to walk around to find a safe way to get him out. Screw him. And that's what we're dealing with every well, day. These guys aren't allowed well, to be cops. They, they do. They do. Uh, you know, actually, I appreciate the cops doing that because the fact of the matter is, if they cut him up, pulling him over the top, they're going to have taxpayers are going to have to pass him up. And and then, of course, you know, there's going to be the photographs, and some sleazy lawyer will probably, you know, even even though the guy did it to himself, you know, you get the right jury, and they say, oh, look what right. the cops did to him, you know. And mitigating factors, and they, you know, he, so yeah, I, I appreciate the cops not getting in a big hurry and think, okay, well, let's get him out because you know that's that's all you need is the medical report, and you know, he said, she said, oh, we abused him, we beat the crap out of him, and then, you know, then then 
they just oh, they I file get a it. lawsuit. They file a lawsuit. I get it. Police abuse. Yeah, you know. But they get and that's the problem. All you got to do is threaten a lawsuit. And they're going to pay you something anyway. That's the problem. We're too busy paying this stuff, so fighting this stuff. You know, and, and I tell you, I think I think you know we're seeing a trend in this country that's very disturbing. Here in Louisville, for example, all right, we're spending money to gang members to police the states and try to stop the gang violence. You know, the, the, the gang problem we don't have. California has decided to take it a step further, and unfortunately, we're going to follow their lead because we always do. Now, this was a couple of years ago. This isn't something new, but I ran across this story earlier, and I was like, wow, that really explains a lot. Because in Sacramento back in 2017, they got so worried about gun violence that they decided they were going to pay gang members a million and a half dollars for a ceasefire. All right? And I'm sitting, looking at this, and I'm like, wow. They actually approved, their, their city council approved a million and a half dollars to pay gang members not to shoot people, not to shoot each other. So we are rewarding this illegal behavior. And that's about the same time we brought in all these daggone so-called gang specialists from Chicago, no doubt. They're here setting up their own networks again, is all they're doing, in my opinion. But we still have a major problem, don't we? So this hasn't done any good. But this all happened at the same time we bring in these gang councils and stuff, and we're paying these guys to try to stop the violence. And as we know, the last two years, the violence has gotten worse, not better. So it's made a zero effect at all in a positive way. And, we're looking at, and I'm starting to realize more and more, this is going on around the country. These liberals have completely lost their fucking mind. They want to pay people uh, to do what they should be doing anyway. They want to take your tax dollars. They don't want to protect the American people. Um, you know. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, how did we get to this point? Ed? That's what bothers me more than anything. How did we get to this point? Where we think any of this is acceptable, I'm just I'm just um, mind boggled by that. I really well, am. Well, I I think what you're running up, what we run up against, and it, and it's not just the Democrats, because the Republicans pretty well suck at law and order too. The uh, you know I, I think what you, where it gets to is is uh, it's not politics at all. It's the American people. And I think we've we've gotten a little soft, but we've been worn down. I mean, we Americans have it good. Americans, uh, you know, most Americans are averse to conflict and stuff like that. Thing is, in many cases, when you deal with the drug culture, you're dealing with right. people who are who are desperate. Who you know, I, I've seen it up close and personal. You're dealing with people who you know getting shot as teenagers and you know and their other friends are that and that's not it's even before you get down into into to latin america and stuff where where where, they, where a lot of this is coming from you got ms-13 you know you got these and they will just keep and that's the thing is they just keep coming and they keep coming because there's money in it they're dirt poor there's money in it they're meaner than snakes you know when you start getting in and it's so it's like it's uh it's it's what we're up against in part, but it's also what we are. I mean, you know, sure. Somebody's kid gets addicted to drugs. What do the parents sure. do? Oh well, they they well, get them in rehab, you know, or try to get them straightened up. Right. You know, in the 1950s, maybe dad would have gone and worn that son of a bitch out with a bat, you know, or and definitely years, you know, many years before that, you probably get you know. Get killed for messing somebody up. That's like back that. when men were men. 
That's back when men were allowed to be men. Now we're pussy hat wearing son of a bitches who are scared of everything. I'm not. That's your toxic masculinity talking. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I'll always have it. It ain't never going anywhere. Yeah, you want you want toxic masculinity? Look at the guys in the drug trade. <laughs> hey, oh, absolutely. They're redefining it. I mean, they, they make the Al Capone era guys look like look like Sunday school teachers. They are they are they are they are tough. They're smart, and they're they're ruthless. But, and but they're, they're, but they're ruthless. poor and oppressed. They're poor and, and, and oppressed, and we're supposed to sympathize with them, and we're supposed to protect well, them. And that's that's the problem. We 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 get we get soft, and that's that's not their problem. That's our problem. We get soft on stuff like Absolutely. that. It's like, oh well, we can actually be guilted into into some. You know, if we say, oh, we can be guilted into our feelings for for somebody who's dealing drugs in the neighborhood. Oh well, they were oppressed. Oh well, they didn't have any opportunity. It's like, well, you know, that might be the case, but right. we're still going to throw down. I, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, I, I think I think a lot of it is. It's like you say, sanctuary city. What the hell happened to rules? I'm sympathetic to that to people. I'm sympathetic to people who are coming across the border trying to improve their lives by working their ass off in the fields or on roofs or wherever. I am. I'm I am sympathetic if they come here that. legally. I'm not sympathetic any other way. I'm, I'm sympathetic. To, I am sympathetic to them even if they come illegal because it's a desperate move trying to put food on the table and give the kids a better life. I'm totally sympathetic with that. But and in my opinion, maybe one percent of them are doing that. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Every time, every, every, I'm no, serious. No, every time sorry, we see I'm this, sorry. every no, time we see this caravan. No, shit. For, for shit's sake, Ed, 45% of the illegal immigrants are people who got off a plane and overstayed their freaking tourist visas or student visas. So, I'm not you talking know, about that. You said those coming across the border. You're talking, you're talking about, that's, and that's fine. I'm telling you, most of them are up here trying to make an honest living. Even then, their visas expired. Go home. Every caravan, every caravan that I've seen, every caravan that I've seen, nine out of ten are young males. They aren't the women and children that the libs keep trying to project on us. They're young males. Why aren't those young males fixing their home place? Yeah, Yeah. why are the young males leaving their home? Because they're of working age. The work that's waiting to work. Uh, Yeah, you don't see a bunch of young females up on a roof or out, you know, (laughs) them out in the field. I say I'm sympathetic to them, but you didn't let me finish. You want to get you too soon. But the government's job is not to be sympathetic. The government's job is to enforce rules. On a personal level, I'm sympathetic to a family that wants to come up here, and even if they're illegal and they're just trying to get a better life, I would do the same for my kids, and you would do the same for your kids. Well, Lady Justice is supposed to be blind. I will agree with you on that. That's what I'm saying. The government, that's not the government's job. Government here to enforce the laws. Well, here, yeah. There you go. We can agree on that. Yeah. We can agree on that 100%. Go ahead, Mayo. Then I got one other thing I want to bring up real quick before we got to get into the closing because I know Marge is on a time frame. Go ahead. All right. Does it begin with a C? Well, my thing is if, oh. I, if you or I or anybody goes to another country and sneaks in illegally, our ass is going to be in jail. Any other country in the world, and some worse than others. You know? So. Well, this is true. Why? I mean, I can understand some leniency. I can understand offering medical help, humanitarian aid, etc. But the thing is, we're doing that. Law, and since Martin and since Martin brought it up about the uh, the visas, I love it. I mean, it's a minor victory, I guess. But the what I think is the rapper's name is Twenty One. He's from Great Britain. He's oh yeah, he got like a year and a half. 
Yeah. You got a so, um, so they need to be. We need more people in ICE to be able to enforce the forty-five percent. You know, to have the manpower to be able to track them down. Because here's the thing: they're a guest. They're supposed to be following the rules as a good guest should. But if they're not checking in and keeping, uh, you know, whatever the immigration service updated, you know, on how they how they're supposed to be and filing their paperwork for an extension, then yes, fine them, lock them up, or kick send their ass out. Most people you know, back to their home now, country now, and say, sorry, you're not allowed for another three to five years. Now I got to say this: a lot of people are going to think I'm backing off a little bit. I'm not. Most, you know, in my opinion, if you're here on a guest worker visa. I know it's only good for a year, and you've actually worked for that year, then maybe we need to give these people a, a letter or something, a notice saying, hey, update your visa, or we've got to do this. I mean, you know, it, it's this is the repercussions of your actions kind of a deal. We don't need to just automatically take them. Now, 21 was told time and time again to take care of this. He decided to go out there and try to make himself, you know, this spokesman for all this illegal immigration shit. That's why they said, okay, we'll just shut you up. You don't want to abide by the law. Give the people that are here on a worker visa a chance to, to straighten that out without any repercussions the first time. I can actually agree with that. But more importantly, if we, if we put the wall up and we protect our border, all right, then our ICE agents aren't going to be overworked and overtasked. We're not going to have to spend hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars trying to double the size of ICE to worry about everything, we'll actually be able to use some of those guys. Let's use our troops on the border, all right, that are coming back from overseas. I've talked about that many times on here. There's all kinds of ways to handle the border situation, which would free up ICE agents to do a what, what I would call or deem a courtesy check with those who have overstayed their work visa, who are still working, all right? There's ways to handle that without being an ass about it. And I don't think that the law would not be satisfied in that situation. Um, I think it would be. But you're not going to get that from, from the liberals. You know, uh, the liberals have an agenda. There's no doubt about it. Now, the one story I wanted to mention real quick before we get off of here, because I love it. Everybody knows about, you know, coming to Catholic high school student Nick Sandman and everything that yeah. went on with this fake with this fake Indian and this fake stolen valor son of a bitch, Nathan Phillips. Well, here's the interesting thing. Sandman and his family on Friday said that they have sent letters for lawsuits to over 50 different entities, including Democrat politicians, celebrities, and media figures. This is what I'm looking for. This I've been praying would happen because I think it's necessary. You've got the Washington Post, the Times, CNN, NPR, TMZ. The churches are also being sued. Uh, you're getting into the individual anchors and reporters at all these different places, including CNN and the Washington Post. You know, you're also getting into uh, a few other things, right? HBO, Bill Maher, you know, all of these different people. Uh, the Hill, The Atlantic, all of these people who, in my opinion, liable slander these people, right? But then you start getting into the actors, Jim Carrey, Alyssa Milano, Kathy Griffin, all yep. right? Those people are on this list, deservedly so. And the only politician on here of any merit is Elizabeth Warren. And that's where I think that's where I think he screwed up. Because I think they have to add some people to this. Why isn't John Yarmuth on this list? Our own Congressman John Yarmuth should be on this list yeah. for libeling the Sandman family. But yeah. I'm curious to um, see what the courts are going to do with this. Go ahead, Ed. Well, I just said Yarmuth's not on it because he's a little pipsqueak. And the only people that 
that published what he said was in Louisville, so nobody gives a shit what he says. But, uh, yeah, I, this, this gets back to what I'm saying, like, about toxic masculinity and stuff and, and the fact that, you know, 50 years ago we settled it differently, just like we used to settle shit differently in, in high school or wherever you had to duke it out. Um, 50 years ago was, we wouldn't have attacked um, children either. Well, they may have, but what, what I'm saying is, is like we were saying, you, you, you take care of family. Family would step up and, you know, they'd take care of it. So I'm actually enjoying what I'm seeing here because what I see is is this kid, and you know what? I got suckered into it too. It's just, but but I, I I backtracked a minute. The story changed. I'm like, oh shit! I got bad news, you know, and it, whatever. And so so I was embarrassed at that, pissed at the press. So you know, swore that'll never happen again, and it won't. But <clears throat> what you see here is is the family defending their child. You know, is it? Sure. Some families should defend their child against drug dealers or, or child molesters. These defending these, these parents are defending their child and children against a bunch of condescending, self-important know-it-alls that sought to attack their child and, and, and in some cases condone violence. So I am totally down with that because I feel the same way. If somebody slandered my daughter and went after my – I'm coming after you, you know, and you can't go after them and, you know, knock on Melissa Milano's door and whatever, you know. Well, yeah, you you know, but that's the thing. I don't think. You can't can't go take a lead pipe to Jim Carrey's head. Well, I'm trying to see. What do you do? What I want to see here is. All right, you sons of bitches, you mess with my family, now I'm coming after you. And I I am so glad to see that. What's going to be interesting here is how far are the courts going to bend for for so-called free speech? Um, you know, now I'm a firm believer in free speech, folks. I, I I live by that sword. I'll die by that sword. I have to. But it, does free speech entitle you to libel slander somebody just because you're a news organization or an influential nope. politician or, or nope. an influential actor, if you will? I mean, that's where we're at with this. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, and as I was reading an article on that, they said uh, McMurtry, I think, is one of the lawyers. He said, well, they will have to see where this goes. But, you know, uh, bad news for them is is this legal action was filed in Kentucky. So if, um, you know, if if Jim Carrey or whoever wants to to take it up with them and say, hey, you know, we're going to – we're going to fight this. He says, well, <clears throat> once you come on into Kentucky and where you can absolutely fight this uh, with a jury right. full of Kentuckians who probably don't think so highly in what you did. So come on in. It's in the legal profession, as, as I've been told, it's known as hometowning. <laughs> come on into our hometown and, you know, you did me wrong. We're going to come after you. But, oh, by the way, you have to do it. My hometown, because that's where. Yeah, the sad part. Well, the sad part about all this. Sad part about all this is, a hell of a lot of these people, including CNN, all all your news organizations, will probably try to go ahead and settle this out of court with a non-disclosure agreement. So we'll never know exactly what settlement was, and I don't like that. If something like this was played out so publicly, I think we, I, I think we should have the right to know whatever settlements are reached. Um, you know, so we'll find out soon enough. That brings us to the end, Ed. I know we're a couple of minutes over. I apologize for that, but final thoughts. Well, well, final thoughts. You know, 
I, I, we haven't actually been able to get on much since the uh, Covington Catholic thing for one reason or another. You know, it, and this gets back to the uh, what I've said so many times about the uh, the media being lazy and, and seeking for the, you know, hunting the emotional response and stuff like that. And that, that like I say, we, we should have discussed it weeks ago, but that is, I think, that is um, – that stands, and, and I got suckered in on it. I'm going to freely admit that. I would have, you know, <laughs> I, sure, you, you can agree with me. Ed. You think surely one of the last ten people on the planet you would have thought would have got suckered into it would have been me <laughs> hanging around you as much as I do. But damn it, they got me. You know, and it's, it's those, those evil, evil, lazy bastards. They got me. So when I say stay cynical, I mean it more than ever now. Stay cynical because, you know, clearly the media and, and the, the Twitter sphere and, and the actors and the, and the politicians, clearly they have demonstrated that, that, that they will lie, cheat, steal, be lazy, use propaganda on a level of Nazi Germany to get the response they want. And... You know, I guess it, I'm it, I'm never going to let it happen again. I'm just always, you know, anyway, that goes for the right and the left, the left wing media. It's like I'm not going to buy into the, the the hot spots. You know, if the, if the right wings try to get me fired up, if the left wings try to get me fired up, I think everybody needs to take a step back and let things play out. Because if that's the one really well, it's the second good thing. The first good thing is just if they sue these people who like to run their mouth so much. <laughs> you know, and, and accuse people and say they ought to just shut you. Know, somebody ought to shoot the school up. But there were people saying stupid stuff like that. You know, my God, how, how screwed up you got to be to say something like that? How angry do you have to be? But anyway, but but yeah, I think I think the the really the, the best thing that's going to come out of it is that hopefully, irrespective of the lawsuit, the media. And, and things like that, that people will take a step back and not be so knee-jerk, you know, and, and about about responding to somebody that might be different to you or hold a different view. Don't buy into the shit that divides us. There's plenty that divides us, but, but don't buy into the hype. Don't buy into the media. Just take your time. There's, there's no rush to judgment. That's, and I think the media preys on that. So stay cynical. And maybe we'll all learn from the Covington Catholic thing where we, you know, the rush to judgment. Maybe we don't do that as much anymore. We'll find out, you know, maybe our disagreements aren't as bad as we think they are. Well, you know, I, I, the problem for me is I think things are as bad as we think they are. And here's why. We have seen a radical shift in this country over the last couple of decades. Um, basically, it's an anything goes mentality. You're either with us or you're against us. And as much as I, as much as you want to think it's not true, it is coming from the liberal left. We now say it's not okay for somebody on a death row to be euthanized, but it's okay to kill a baby all the way up to the time they're born. Um, you know, we have lost the value of human life in this country. The reason you have gangs, you have drugs, and everything else permeating everything is because, it, to me, honestly, it, it's just a it's a have versus the have nots, if you will. We're totally eroding the middle class as much as we possibly can because the elite class wants to make sure that everybody is subservient to them. Um, that's the way I see it. So they're out there sowing this discord and this chaos and everything else. I see 
I see revolution in this country. I really do. Another civil war. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. And here's why. Because even those in the Democratic Party who have been coughing and gagging and turning their head to some degree over the wide shift in the Democratic Party towards socialist, communist, progressive bullshit are finally getting sick of it. The conservatives, the true conservatives, not the party crap. I'm staying away from the party crap. But but the true conservatives are finally feeling emboldened enough to finally stand up against this. You're seeing conservatives speak out now. You're seeing conservatives standing up and saying, hey, this isn't right. They've sat in a corner for the last 10, 10 years at least, maybe longer, and kept their mouth shut because they were too scared to offend anybody because they didn't feel like their view mattered. And they weren't allowed to express their view. Otherwise, they would be labeled and their families would be jeopardized and everything else. Just like this kid, Nick Sandman, and his family were death threats and everything else for doing nothing more than standing there watching this grown-ass dag on a stolen valor piece of shit try to intimidate and entice him into a confrontation. That's where we're at in this country. And when you start seeing the, 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 the right, the religious right start standing up, and they're starting to get emboldened now, thanks to Donald Trump, whether you like that or not, you're going to see a, a day of reckoning in this country. The only question at this point is how bad and how far will the Civil War go? Is it going to be a war of words? Is it going to be a war of wills? Is it going to break out in violence and guns like they did back in the old days? I don't know. But I see that becoming a distinct possibility, and I wouldn't have thought that just a few years ago. And it saddens me to see that this country has gotten to that point. But that's what happens when you have a liberal media who is obsessed with trying to control everything, and they pick sides instead of reporting news. That's exactly what's going on. This whole Nick Sandman, Nathan Phillips thing got out of hand because the media wanted it to get out of hand. They didn't want to wait for anything. They wanted to put that out there and create chaos. They do it daily. How many fake news stories do we continue getting from CNN and somehow they're still in business? I mean, it makes no sense to me. But conservatives are waking up and getting sick of this. But the true Democrats in the party who believe in a hand up, not to hand out, and the progressive communist socialist bullshit, they don't believe in that. They're standing up now, too. And there's going to be a day reckoning that those two factions are going to get together. You know, if you're proud to be a black man and you're proud to be an Asian, guess what? I can be proud to be a white man. doesn't mean I have any privilege. I don't have any white privilege. I don't have any white guilt. Why can't I be proud of myself and my heritage as a person? Why do I have to automatically be discounted because I'm different than you? And see, that's where the Nazi Germany thing comes in. That's where you see all of this stuff in Nazi Germany. This all started before Barack Obama, but it got ten times worse under Barack Obama. It really did. Barack Obama is out there glorifying Black Lives Matter and all these different racist hate groups. And he created a situation in America because the media just loved him and were pushing that narrative down everybody's throat. And now you finally got a president who's standing up saying, I don't give a crap what color you are. This is America. We're all equal. President Donald Trump has done more for the African-American community, the Asian-American community, everybody else in this country in two years in office than Barack Obama ever did. And he's done it as a businessman, not a professional politician. And that's what is scaring the hell out of the elitists who want to control everything. Because Donald Trump doesn't owe them anything, so they can't control him. It's not like Bill and Hillary Clinton. It's not like Barack Obama. Donald Trump doesn't need them. He's got his own. And that's the problem, and they can't handle that. 
So they're doubling down on everything to create the division even wider as much as they can. And it's intentional. As long as we are in a chaotic situation, as long as we can't agree on anything, they win. They can manipulate. They can lie, cheat, and steal to take every damn thing they want. They can get richer while we get poor, and it's not their lives on the line at all. It's ours. And it's time we started realizing that. So when you take a step back, as you like to put it, you know, then a step back would only to be to realize the obvious. When you realize the obvious and quit playing as partisan hack crap, that step back may benefit you. Unfortunately, there are too many people right now who don't want to take that step back. They feel emboldened and empowered to try to tell the whole world how they should live and how they should react. And if you disagree with them, you're an enemy. That's the sad reality of where we're at. I mean, that concerns the hell out of me. But that's it for this week, folks. I appreciate you being here, Mr. Martin. Thanks, as always. Yes, Good to hear sir. from you. I haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. And uh, with that being said, we'll be back next Monday at 7 o'clock, as usual. And in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Take care. God bless. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone. And then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you.